Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Big thanks to Kyle Madsen for hanging out with us for a while. Always uh, fun when Trista Crick is here. And uh, big thanks to James Ham for hanging out with us uh, the last couple of days. Uh, Kenny Carraway will be back with us uh, on Monday. And uh, James will, in fact, be back with us on Monday. Uh, as well as he is every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, and we've got basketball coming up. Not tonight. we got basketball coming up in about an hour uh, in Indiana. Uh, the crew is arriving. Pictures are being taken. Players are on the court. Uh, we've got one, one thing I am happy about, and I'm curious how they would, given the things that we've seen, Chris Biederman posted a great tweet where uh, Indiana had some pictures welcoming back uh, Domas and Trey Lyles and, uh, Barbosa's time in Indiana, Mike Brown, and like that's all great. They, they got to do the big reveal and introduction for Tyrese Halliburton yesterday. It would have been really interesting to see what would like if they would have announced the Tyrese and Domas on the floor last night, because that would have been a really unique situation where Domas is in front of a very, very familiar crowd. Uh, and could have gotten announced as as an all star at the same time Tyrese did, because from what no, I understand, they, they put Shaq reading the name. Oh yeah, yeah, onto the big screen. Yeah, that would have been fun because, like, look, I can't imagine that Domas isn't beloved there. Like, even I know, like Larry Bird. It, this is part of the happy hour last night, but I I know this before the before the happy hour as well that um, Larry Bird had has gone on record saying like look well maybe not gone on record he's he's made it clear behind the scenes that he would never have traded Sabonis mm. like even even for Ty he wouldn't have traded he wouldn't have made the trade he thinks Sabonis is that special and that they should have stripped it down and built around Sabonis uh, that he wasn't too old to to rebuild that for, uh, you know and do something different so um like look i think he he will get a hero's welcome tonight in in indiana it's the first mm-hmm. game back they they did go there last year but he was out for the game i'm not sure uh i Could can't have been after the which, injury remember he got injured it was either when he got injured or it was when he got suspended for a game you remember he got suspended for a game strangely and right. then there was also he, uh, i think his wife had a baby official is that what happened? He he bumped an official. Is that what got yeah, him suspended? I can't, I can't remember. It's been a long time. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think it was last year. He was, I believe, he was on the suspended list uh, just for one game, and it was like, oh, are you are you kidding me? Like it it became a very odd situation. Um, anyway, I think that he should be welcomed back with open arms, just like you know, Ty for the most part was. In Sacramento, where Buddy Hield wasn't. Uh, oh, but, Tyrese know. definitely was, and I think a big reason for that. One, I, I do believe the fans and the people here genuinely love Tyrese Halliburton, but they also had a villain, and I think that was a, a sneaky, important 
component to that too was if even if you were a little frustrated with Tyrese and some of the podcast and all of that stuff, you didn't need to take your frustration out on him. You could take it out on Buddy, and the crowd did yeah. in ways that I I really didn't see that coming. I thought Buddy would probably get some booze. I didn't think he would get booed that loud. And I didn't think he would get booed every time he touched the ball. That was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I, I always get enjoyment out of it to see how players react. Um, you know, you know, if you go back to last year's game um, when uh, the Kings traveled to to uh, Indiana uh, to Indiana to go play the Pacers, um, it was kind of a similar situation where. Um, Davion had to start, uh, mm. it, you know, uh, De'Aaron was out and Damian Jones started because you had no, uh, Sabonis. Um, yeah, it was an interesting night. Chemezi Metu put up 22 points in that game. Uh, Davion Mitchell had 25 and seven. Um, uh, both were very impressive. Trey Lyles, 11 off the, well, no, 11 as a starter, uh, oh, during my. the Trey Lyles starting era. Yeah. You remember Trey Lyles started a bunch of games down the stretch last year after they acquired him. Um, yeah, definitely different. I'm looking. Well, you're going to have to refresh my memory here, Hammer. I'm looking at the box score from November 30th. Trey Lyles isn't even on it. Trey didn't even play the first time these two teams played this year. Oh, this year? Yeah, this year. Uh, November 30th at the Golden One Center. Um, there were seven players in double digits. Uh, Harrison Barnes led scoring. <laughs> Harrison Barnes led the Kings in scoring with 22 on. S- <laughs> this is the most Harrison Barnes stat on six of nine shooting. Oh, yeah. He went to the line a bunch, right? He was nine of 10 at the foul line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He took it. He took it to him. And uh, they, they really like neutralized Miles Turner. Like, really, really interesting. And, you know, I, like, I think both teams are different at this point. Uh, Jalen Smith was playing a bunch of minutes that night. And Jay, you remember Jalen Smith lit the Kings up four or five from three. Uh, he was really good, but I don't think he's been playing a ton recently. Uh, yeah, I, like, Sabonis didn't even have a huge night that night. Uh, yeah, he didn't. He had a, 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 a very quiet double-double. 11, 11 well, it was 10. a blowout, though. Those yeah. guys only played like 26, 27 minutes. Uh, even Sabonis played 23 minutes that night. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it, it should be fun to watch. Like, I, I like when players go back and, and get to play in front of a crowd that they, uh, you know, that supported them for a long time. And, and Domas was there for a long time in, in, Indiana, in Indiana. So uh, Pacers fans are always very passionate fans. They're a good fan base. And I'm sure they'll embrace him. Um, You know, he's not a guy that leaves on bad terms. Yeah, that just seems impossible. Uh, Doesn't seem like Domas would be the guy who would be on camera yelling an obscenity about his former team in the background. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I got a bad vibe about this game. Hmm. I'm going to tell you why. And I, and I've it, no it, I've, we've talked about it for a couple of days now. Indiana's thirsty, like they're desperate. They have to get back on track. Like if that's what they're attempting to do, 
they need to get back on track, and it needs to start quickly. You dropped that really, really tough game. I'm sure it was great to have Tyrese back out there. Um, but you dropped that tough one against the Lakers where you were leading most of the way. You had a couple of opportunities at a go-ahead score, and you couldn't finish. You've got the – you know, I'm wondering if you have a – this isn't a real thing, but I'll make it one. You know, you've got the hangover. you got the, the all-star hangover, so to speak. Devonta Sabonis named to an all-star. Okay, you got that big emotional moment. You got De'Aaron Fox out tonight. Uh, you got this team smack dab in the middle of a seven-game road trip uh, coming up, knowing that New Orleans is on the way. You got a couple against Houston. I just, I don't know. I got, I got, I got a, I got an uncomfortable feeling about this one, Hammer. Hmm. Um, I don't. Uh, I think Davion is a is a really strong matchup for Ty. I think the emotions uh, also a little higher for them in Indiana too. Like you said this yesterday, they know. Like they they you know we might not be talking about this game as much as we were the one on the thirtieth. Yo, they owe Sacramento one. No, I, I totally agree. But at the same time, like the Sacramento Kings are a really good basketball team. Mm-hmm. They're playing like a really good basketball team right now. Uh, Indiana, I, they've lost fourteen out of fifteen. Is that what we said it was? Something. It, like it was. That. It was oh. something bad. And it's yeah, definitely they've lost one four in a row, and then they had a huge losing streak right before that. They won one game. Um, per the NBA lineups page, I'll, I'll tell you that as of right now, uh, the starting lineup for the Kings: Davion Mitchell, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, and Demontis Sabonis. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this could possibly change, but I don't think so. Uh, for um, for the Pacers, we have Halliburton, we have Buddy Hield, we have Chris Duarte, uh, Aaron Neesmith at the four, and Miles Turner. Um, yeah, okay. just, yeah, so that's what they have so far. That's uh, as of right now. Uh, I don't think those are projected. I think in order to go up on that page, uh, you have to actually have, uh, you know, that's it's something that they put in the system. Um, but lineups don't have to be in until 30 minutes before the game. So it's also a little early. And that's just a little, it's a, it's a little bit different of a lineup than we saw uh, at the Golden One Center. Tyrese was really quiet that night. Uh, nine points, 10 assists. Uh, he got frustrated early. Uh, he, 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 he tried to assert himself and was just unable to. Uh, Buddy had 17 that night. You know, Buddy always wants to try to stick it to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, or he'll always try to stick it uh, to the Sacramento Kings. And then you just have a group of, 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 of guys who know they need to win a game. And perhaps the flip side to my uh, uneasiness about this game was all of the emotion that, you know, because I do believe the crowd, you know, can feed into this, all of the emotion that the, the crowd has, they may have let a lot of it out last night, trying to will them to a victory over the Los Angeles Lakers, because that's a big deal too. It's not like they were playing the, the you know, no shade, but not, it's not like they were playing the Houston Rockets or the Detroit Pistons. LeBron James was here on his road to the all-time leading scoring record. That was a big night for that crowd, also, uh, and they were into it. Like they were amped, they were loud. Um, they knew they were, you know, they were seeing history in LeBron James, and they knew that 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 at least four a large chunk of that game, their team was in a solid position to, you know, put this losing streak behind them. They got their star back. They got their all-star back, uh, and, and and they had a chance to get set out on the right path. So 
you know, maybe the flip side to my uneasiness is that the crowd let out a lot of emotion and maybe even the players to a certain degree. As we talked about Tyrese before, Tyrese certainly amped to play the Sacramento Kings. Mr. Halliburton told us on a numerous occasions on this show that Tyrese's favorite player is, is LeBron James. So that was a big night for him also for many reasons, for coming back and for playing LeBron. Yeah, um, but still, I mean, you're, you're a team that's struggling, yeah. right? So, yeah. like, it's, it is a team that hasn't been able to get out of their own way for, for a while. And Halliburton makes a huge difference with what they do. I looked it up. They'd lost seven in a row, won one, and now they've lost four. So they've lost 11 out of 12. The Kings have a bunch of teams like this on this road trip yeah. where they're wounded animals, and, and you're worried that they're backed into a corner and they're going to come out and play you a different way than they have recently. Um, it, it doesn't matter, though, if the Kings are playing their basketball, hitting shots and feeding Sabonis. They're really, really tough to beat on each and every night that they go out there. So, yeah, I, I don't know. This is it should be a good game. Um, but you're looking at a team that's desperate for a win versus a team that knows exactly what the mission is so the kings know what they need to do on this road trip in order to come home and go into all-star break as as a team that's really got a legitimate shot to to hold on to a playoff spot but maybe even host a playoff spot uh a play a playoff series and that's a lot of motivation for the kings and you can, you know, talk about all the emotions of the night and playing against mm -hmm. your former team and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, the Kings are walking in almost every single game with like this professionalism that we haven't seen in a long time where they're game ready and, you know, like who's next. And and I like it. I like the, I would I would take the Kings uh, betting wise in a game like this tonight. And that seems like such a shift in mentality from past years or maybe mentality, a, a shift in approach. Like And they've earned it. 50 games into a season, they can walk in to a team that, is, would you say, lost 11 of 12? They could walk in and say, we're better than them. And we need to start this game like we're better than them. We need to finish this game like we're better than them. And we can't like really turn our nose up at that line of thinking now because how many times did we walk into, you know, come out of games last year where they're playing these bad teams and you're wondering, what? What is even the approach of this team? Like, what are they thinking going into to these games where they're playing teams that are just horrific? The famous uh, Tristan Thompson uh, the, the press conference where they, they we're losing to teams that aren't even trying to win basketball games at this point. It's a very clear shift in mentality. And on this road trip in particular, I, I mean, I, I hope you're right. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that pay off because you've got a bad team to close out. You just it's, a, it's just a flat-out bad team in the Houston Rockets. That's not what Indiana is. That's not what New Orleans is. They're in different categories than San Antonio and Houston, and I think you've got to find different ways. Uh, to be. You've, you've got to extend their misery. Yeah, there's a difference between a team that's playing bad and a bad team. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, again, the next two games are against teams that are playing bad, for sure. I mean, and... You're also like you're getting the Pacers on the second night of a back to back. You're getting New Orleans on the uh, three nights and four games on the fourth the fourth night. So like you you have the advantage in these series that are easily equal to home court advantage. Like as far as like the betting odds and stuff, 
you know, you usually betting odds, you get plus three for being at home. So if they think that the other team is three points better than you, then the betting line would be zero, right? Uh, but like in a game like tonight or a game like uh, Sundays, like all of these things factor in, like the fact that these are teams that not all, not only are losing, but they lost last night. And the other, you know, again, the Pelicans are on a, just a slide. Yeah. And it's not like they're getting someone back. Like, at least Indiana is getting Ty back, and he's been their motor. Well, they're not getting Zion back before Sunday. So, like, you got to take advantage of these teams when they're down. This means absolutely nothing, but it just dawned on me that each of the Kings' next two opponents, including tonight, play the Lakers the night before. The Lakers and Pacers played last night. The Pelicans and Lakers play tomorrow. And then, of course, that's Sunday's game uh, for Sacramento. I got a Will Z special. I don't know if Will Z is, is, is out there listening, but I know he'll love this stat. Fast break points when these two teams played at the Golden 1 Center. Sacramento Kings, 31-8. to eight. That is a phenomenal number. Uh, for Sacramento in that department, and that is Will Z's favorite stat, those fast break points, and, and, and they, were, they were getting at it uh, against this Pacers team. They even out-rebounded them 58-47 to 47, uh, in that one on November 30th as well. Yeah, we'll see if uh, the Kings have this aggressive defense that we saw last time out, where well, the last two games, I think, where they're playing passing lanes in a different way, where they're um, they're trying to get transition points. Uh, some games you don't have to worry about. Like I even remember the the Pacers game the first time. It was a lot of bad shots. It was a lot of like nervous energy in the building that that led to a bunch of fast break points. Um, uh, tonight, like the Kings need to be a better defensive team than they have been, and they need to show that this latest trend where they're turning they're forcing turnovers is real and something that they can start to build on and that would be a good thing talking about mentalities is that this this style of defense uh, that we've seen over the course of the last couple of games is that simply a shift in mentality is it simply a shift of guys we can do this we've done it we actually do it pretty regularly just the spurts are way too short we have to do it more consistently throughout the 48 minutes no i i think it's a shift in mentality like if I'm watching what they're doing, like, uh, like, for example, early in the season, um, we, we had a coaching seminar with Mike Brown, right. Where him and his coaches took us out on the court, the media, they took the media out on the court and they showed us all of like what their schemes are and all these sayings. And they had this thing where if, uh, you know, you're in the corners, you're supposed to fly in for offensive rebounds. They called it the crash zone, um, or the, uh, scrub zone. I think that was, they had two different versions of it, like two different terms for it, right? Um, But that was the idea. Well, the Kings ended up being really, really bad in transition in the first four games of the season, and they completely stopped doing that. Now those guys on the perimeter don't go in and crash for offensive rebounds. They get back on defense, and it was because they were giving up too many transition buckets. Uh, So now they're one of the worst offensive rebounding teams in the league, but you're willing to give up the offensive rebounds um, because all those are like second chance points, right? Uh, You're willing to give that up because you're getting back and playing better defense. Um, Now they haven't played better defense. I I don't know what better is because like this team doesn't play good defense, Uh, but this seems to me 
like they have made a conscious decision to change the way that they approach defense. So it's they haven't changed their scheme as much as they have hit like a toggle switch that you can in a video game that says play aggressive defense or play uh, safe defense. And they've hit the switch and said, okay, we're going to try this aggressive defense thing and see how far that takes us. And that only might last for, you know, they might win a handful of games using it, especially against bad teams, but then they'll run into a buzzsaw. They'll get killed a couple of times doing this aggressive defense and they'll switch back. Uh, but you never know. Maybe they do catch lightning in a bottle and become something that is part of their identity for the rest of this season. And if you can mix a bunch of transition opportunities and steals with their refined half court offense, then like the sky is literally the limit for this team. Like they're like, if they can bump up what they already do on the offensive end and become even better, uh, that would be stunning. But if they could make the, the defense part of that improvement, it would make this team really, really difficult to, uh, to beat. I think you can acknowledge that the Kings aren't playing good defense but they're playing better defense like I think that's completely fair like you can acknowledge like hey they're not a very good defensive team okay that's fine but they're playing better than they were three games ago or four games ago and I guess what I'm not like super clear on like we saw Mike's frustration a couple of times uh, at the podium with 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 this team in post-game press conferences but I don't think Mike just taught them something in a practice over the course of the last week. Like, this is something he's been over, and I think this has been something that they've done. I think it's just something that they're finally doing in the first quarter rather than waiting till the fourth. And I think a lot of Kings fans were screaming like, okay, if we're talking spurts of defense, why do the spurts only come late? Like, if a team is getting hot, if, if, if someone's starting to cook, why can't that spurt come in the first quarter? Why can't we find a way to shut the water off, so to speak, there, early in the game and that's what we've started to see over the course of 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 the last couple of last couple of games yeah i really wish that they were here or that we had um like the last couple of years the zoom link where mm -hmm. we could ask questions because i i do think it's a philosophical change that they're they're trying they're trying something different and they're giving these guys a little bit more leeway than they have in the past because you know, like Harrison Barnes is not a guy who historically gets a bunch of steals. And all of a sudden you see him getting, you know, a couple of steals per game. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk. We're seeing like this energy from them that's different. And it, it looks like it's different as far as like the scheme that they're coming into. Like, again, they're not changing the, the basics of their defense. They're just changing one aspect of it. And it's how they defend. And it's that they're allowing guys to come off of, you know, like to... Basically, if a guy is taking one of your teammates off the dribble, it's okay to slide over and try to pick a, a, a get a steal. Don't stay on your man the whole time, and that's just not something that we've seen in the past. One of their, is their that basic Mike? tenets is is that, that a is that a is that like is that a Mike Brown thing? Yeah, I think Mike Brown is like searching. I, I think he's searching for different ways that he can take advantage of. Either like this would be the speed and the quickness of your team, right? If you're getting beat with size, if if you're having teams come at you and like either go like try to break you down going to the basket or they're like what we saw out of Yaka Pertle, right? Yaka Pertle can go right over the top of Sabonis because Sabonis isn't a long arm guy. Um, but then what the Kings have been doing is 
they're trying to give a different type of effort. They're 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 going for steals where as opposed to just playing like a straight man up. Like Mike has said all season long, play defense with your chest. That's not what I'm seeing lately. Lately I'm seeing like sure, in the post play defense with your chest, but we're seeing some of the players have a little bit more leeway to play the passing lanes and and to be a help defender in a different way. The rotations are faster, the rotations are different. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of wish we had Mike here so we could ask him these questions, uh, but you know, or that I was on the road so we could ask him these questions. But without like being there and without having like a, a real legitimate conversation with him, it'd be hard to see like what his thoughts are of whether it's like a a structural change or it's something. You know, like their their basic tenets are very simple: is like play defense with your chest, push guys towards the outside, like the sideline, use the sideline as your friend. Um, you know, the crash zone stuff, the second effort, that's one of their biggest thing is they want to see second efforts, which is where you see uh, Keegan Murray try to go into the key to help out Sabonis on the backside. But then Harrison Barnes circling around and getting his three point shooter in the corner. Those are all the second efforts that they talk about. Um, but what we're seeing right now is it's it's interesting because they they just look different to me. Uh, more on the Kings and Pacers uh, coming up. An interesting note from Derek Carr I want to pass along. And an update from Chris Haynes on the Kyrie Irving situation. And, man, this is an interesting one. Uh, we'll have that for you when Dealer One Casey return with James Ham here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. D-Lo and KC continues streaming live on the Odyssey app. 
two quick things uh, I want to mention, Hammer, before we get back to the Kings. The first one being, uh, I just saw that Derek Carr uh, is allowed to speak to teams uh, for the first time regarding a potential trade. Uh, that's cool. that's that's interesting for a variety of reasons, and I think the Raiders just realized Derek Carr is in full control of this situation. <laughs> like the Raiders essentially have control over nothing, uh, so it is one hundred percent in their best interest to let let him speak to other teams. Is their deadline day is coming up here? Uh, I think it was February 17th. I put it in the notes, but I don't have them directly in front of me. I think it was February 17th uh, is the day. Um, February 15th, excuse me. That's that's the official day that his contract gets triggered. So if he's not traded or waived, uh, the Raiders owe him $40.5 million. Chris yeah, Haynes. I, sorry, go ahead. I would even think that them like they're really glad the Pro Bowl isn't the Pro Bowl. Like, because the last thing you want him doing is going out and getting injured. Yeah. Because if he can't pass a physical, then they have to pay him that $40 million. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be big. Um, yeah, did you see his clip yesterday? Uh, um, I didn't. I read, I read some of the, I read some of the transcript from about where he was talking about the, the, the deadline and, and things like that. Well, someone asked him if, uh, like, he, I guess he, like, hit a bunch of passes in a row. They said, have you ever been this hot in uh, in Las Vegas? And he goes, well, probably not. That's probably why I won't be yeah. here anymore. Yeah. I, I did <laughs> I catch like, that. hey yeah, I did catch that. I like Derek Carr, man. He's, he, uh, I don't know. He, he's a good dude. Like, I, I, I think Derek Carr is probably the most harmless guy on the planet. He's one of those guys who really does just want to play football. Um, there's just some times where he needed to play football a little bit better. Though I'm I'm not going to blame Nathaniel Hackett for Russell Wilson's struggles and not blame Josh McDaniels for some of Derek Carr's struggles. Uh, this from Chris yeah. Haynes. This, this is interesting. Kyrie Irving's camp did not negotiate after the Brooklyn Nets presented an offer that was tied to the team winning a championship. Told the issue was not about money, uh, and now it said he wouldn't even stay if offered a full max contract. That, again, according to our good friend Chris Haynes. Never boring. <sighs> never boring with that guy. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think that tells you that, A, uh, he didn't believe that they could win a championship, and uh, B, that there was never going to be a full max contract either way. Like, uh, I don't believe any. And and to say that it's not about money, like, whatever. Like, uh, a, a contract being tied to winning a championship, though, that's, that's, that's that extra. Mean? I, I, I don't know. Does that I don't mean know. that he Th gets that a $5 million bonus if they win the championship? That tweet obviously came from Kyrie's side. Of this conversation, yeah, I'm guess. that 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 information to Chris Haynes obviously came from Kyrie's side, so I I I, I have no idea what it means. I can't even. <laughs> I can't look. You can stay another year if we win a championship, dude. I have no idea what that looks like, but that's it. it it's it's insane either way. Uh, but it fits because we're talking about Kyrie Irving, so why not? It's wild. Like uh, all of it's wild. A couple of uh, Will Z stats uh, headed into tonight's Kings Pacers game. Uh, Will Z tweeted just a little bit ago. 
Indiana turns the ball over a lot, 15.4 per game. That's the fourth most in the league. Kings have had uh, increased defensive activity with deflections and steals recently, so those two things should go uh, pretty nicely together. Uh, Another note from Will Z, the Pacers allow opponents to shoot 37.2% from three. That's the third highest uh, in the NBA. And that's actually where I wanted to start this final conversation, James, before we go get in front of the TVs and watch this game. The team has struggled from three uh, in the last three games. It's really good because they're 2-1 and one in those games, but that's not something that we're used to seeing from them. Something we're really not used to seeing is Kevin Herter only playing 18 minutes uh, because he's struggling from behind the line. And, of course, they got the big boost uh, from Malik Monk, and the game was really dominated by DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, in De'Aaron Fox, but at some point, it's great to win games this way. At some point, Hammer, you want that three to start falling again for this team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's it's a big deal. And, you know, when you take Fox out of the lineup and you swap him out for Davion, like, of course, I, I, they're almost equal as far as three-point shooters, Davion and, and Fox. Maybe Davion's shooting a little bit higher than Fox, but the fact is you're not going to have the same sort of paint touches that you have when Fox is in the game, when Davion's there, which opens the space up for Demonis to work and for also the three-point shooters to be, have that little bit of extra like uh, space to shoot uh, shoot the ball. Um, but the the lineup that we're seeing from Indiana is also really small. Uh, Devin Vassell, at the, I mean, not Devin Vassell. Uh, oh, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, I had their lineup up earlier. Aaron Neesmith? What oh yeah, I, I, Aaron Neesmith. There yeah. we go. Yeah, who were like they were almost interchangeable in the draft that year. Uh Neesmith starting at the four is totally undersized. Like even against Keegan or or against uh Harrison, they, he's very much undersized uh compared to those guys. So the last time they played this Indiana team, they went out there with a whole bunch of length. You know, they had, uh, they're running a bunch of six foot 11 guys, six foot 10, six foot 11, seven footers. Uh, they could shoot the ball and, and do a lot of things. Now they're a little small, a little more conventional. I, I don't know. It should be an interesting matchup, especially if Davion can disrupt what Ty does as, as like a setup man. I told you I was a little antsy about this game, but I'll set a number at 17. We get 17-plus points from Davion Mitchell. I think the Kings are, are in, in, in – I think the Kings have won that game. 17 points from Davion is the starting one for this team. I think the Kings have won that game. Hmm. Okay. Because I don't um, think his defense is ever going to waver. Like, I'll never walk into a game concerned about the way Davion Mitchell is playing defense. But if he can get some things going offensively, one, I think that sparks him even more on the defensive end, and he really starts to kind of feel where he's at. Two, he'll be likely guarding Tyrese Halliburton, which I think every Kings fan is looking forward to. And I think that spells good news and better news for the Sacramento Kings in that regard. That'll ease my concerns if I can see Davion get some buckets. Yeah, I think they're even like if you put his number at 12. I think they're still okay if it's 12. Um, but getting to 17 for him really shouldn't be that difficult because if he's defending Tyrese on one end and Tyrese defends him on the other end, uh, like, let's just be honest, Tyrese is, is not a good defensive player. Uh, he's great at playing the passing lanes. He's great at, you know, the steals. 
but straight up as a defender, especially against a, a player who's got really nice low center of gravity and is very strong. Um, even if Ty has a little bit of a height advantage, I still think that uh, Davion could could easily score against him. You think Malik spends some time at the one tonight? Uh, yes. I, I don't know that we're going to see Delvadova, a bunch of Delvadova. I, I might be wrong uh, because Mike has gone to Delvadova in these situations in the past. Um, and, you know, he's a he knows how to run the offense. That's that's what Delhi does. He's a pro. He's been, you know, he's ready every time you've called on him the entire season. Uh, I think maybe one game you looked at it, you're like, okay, that wasn't great. Uh, you got to try something new. Um, but uh, I think he's been really solid as like a break in case of emergency third uh, point guard. Um, I still think Monk is going to get a lot of minutes, especially with Herder not playing that much in the last game. Um, you could see them playing alongside each other, especially mm-hmm. if they stay small. You could see Herder playing a bunch of three tonight uh, for this team because they're just not very big as far as what they've been playing lately. Seeing Monk first man up out there with they, uh, with Kevin Herter would be interesting. And I think Malik <laughs> is the most exciting passer on the planet. <laughs> like he's, he's, I, I, exciting is the wrong word. I was using the word exhilarating because you're not really quite sure what's about to happen. Uh, but he's going to try to get that ball from point A to point B, and he's going to do it creatively, and 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 sometimes it's magical. Uh, and but you why. need him to do that tonight. Like oh, absolutely. Fox out, yeah, yeah. With, with Fox out, I mean, you need him to do it when Fox is there, but with Fox out, your primary like assist guys tonight should be Sabonis and Monk, mm-hmm. uh, not even Davion. Davion should just try to play the game that he's been playing, just do it better, and if he has an opportunity to go up against to take Tyrese off the dribble here and there, go ahead and do it. Cause he's not going to, you can beat him to the basket. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a, a game where Monk has to come out and be, be like the last three games. You've started to see him look more like the Monk that we saw like in November and early December. Um, but that was a long stretch where he wasn't playing like himself. And people asked in the chatty house is Keon uh, active. Yes. Uh, if, if Fox isn't there and Fox isn't there, um, Keon Ellis should be active. Uh, so would Deontay Burton. Uh, they both should be active. Uh, Namias Keda and Casey Akpala are both with the Stockton Kings. So there are roster spots open uh, in the 15-man lineup for, for those guys to be available Man, in uniform. Casey Akpala going to Stockton really thinks me makes me think more about this Matisse Stiebel stuff. There's clearly something there that, oh, they like. Don't love, but like, and it's just if 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 we're if 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 the argument is Matisse Thybulle he only plays on one end. That's he clearly does it at a higher. Mike Brown, Monty McNair, clearly they believe he does it at a higher level than KZ Akpala does. Yes, uh, and even you know even if uh, you look at like Kenny's point of view, the eighty percent rule. Right, mm-hmm. where even if if KZ is eighty percent the defender that which I don't agree with, is, by the way, I just want to I don't I don't agree with that either. I don't agree. I don't think it's far off. Gonna, I just don't agree with it. Yeah, but even if you did agree with him, uh, my point would be that the Kings are at a point where they need that extra twenty percent. Like you, you do need like you need the hundred percent, not the eighty percent of them. Like, and let's be honest, 80% of Matisse Thibel is, is a top, 
well, I mean, Thibel is a top probably seven defender in the league. And mm. so like like the next step down is pretty substantial. And like he's a really, really good defender. Um, and, and a guy that can, like I look at him as, you know, can you find someone that can slow uh, Luca? Can you find someone that can slow Jaw? Like that's what you're looking for. If you're going to go chase Thibel, it's with the thought that in a playoff series, you might need him to go out there and do something special that you don't have that player right now. Even if you think KZ can do some things, you're still like when you're the third seed, you look at your your roster a lot different than when you're the eighth seed or the tenth seed or the twelfth seed. Like when you're the third seed, you need to find a way to make your top nine, ten of the rotation every single one of those extremely viable NBA players that would play on any team. And they aren't there yet. They, they have some work to do to get there. Why do you think Matisse doesn't get more run in Philly? Um, I mean, it could be something it's, as simple as Philly knows that uh, they can use him during the playoffs, but that they, they also want to limit his value because uh, he's a restricted free agent at the end of the year. Um, and they have other young players that they can use during the regular season. It could be that they just know that they're going to lose him and that they're going to spend their money elsewhere, and they've got to figure out ways to sort of bolster what they're doing uh, today um, or even save money. That's the other thing I would look at. They're about $2 bucks over the luxury uh, tax, and they're a repeat offender, and they're a multi-year repeat offender, uh, if I'm not mistaken, which means that like dollar for dollar, it's probably... Uh, that probably cost them 10, 15, 20 million to be a couple of million over the cap. If you can shave that off by doing even something like um, Jaden Springer and Matisse Thibel for Alex Len, that trade works through uh, like it, it, it's a functional trade that would be approved by the NBA. But Alex Len at 3.9 million and Thibel at 4.2 in Springer, two point something. It ends up saving them like two or three million bucks, but that two or three million means a lot more when you consider the tax. Uh, so there are ways that the Kings can actually help themselves here. Uh, Dylan Brooks suspended one game for striking Donovan in the Mitchells. Uh, so Dylan Brooks, uh, rightfully, uh, has been suspended one game uh, for that. Um, Okay, I was, I was, I was just curious. Matisse Thibel's going to be a conversation until he's traded, or a conversation for the next six days. Uh, as is Baisley, as is OG, as is uh, Richardson, Kyrie, yeah. Josh Richardson, all of these different players. Uh, not just uh, as it pertains to Sacramento, but all across the league. If you had your pick, and we've got plenty of time to talk about this next week, if you had your pick right now of the guys that we've talked about the most, say this guy improves the Sacramento Kings, which one is it? Is it Thibel or is it Josh Richardson? Like I probably go back and forth on this. Um, I'm going to say it's Thibel. Um, it's Thibel because he's 25, and I think you can lock him up for a couple of years on a reasonable contract. And even if he's not a starter, he's still going to be a solid player. Uh, Richardson's a little older. Uh, and then I would throw Darius Baisley in there as well. Yeah. Like Darius Baisley's done, he's 
become a really good defender and he can shoot the three uh although he's been hit and miss he can block shots he's long he's athletic but he's 22 years old and you know again a restrictive free agent that isn't going to make a bunch um the kings need to figure out ways to improve those the last the back five of their rotation or the back five of their of their roster and bring along players that can actually see the court, maybe give you a different look and uh, and give you some length. And this team just doesn't have great length. They need to figure that one out. One of my concerns, too, lies in the fact there's still a couple of teams behind Sacramento that like I wonder about. I believe Los Angeles is good. Like They're a top six team. The Clippers, meaning the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah. Phoenix and Golden State. New Orleans, I got a lot of questions about New Orleans, but mainly Phoenix and Golden State. And I think those are front offices that have the the ability to work this trade deadline. My fear starts to lie in those guys. Like I'm you said the Sacramento Kings stand pat, they're good moving forward. Okay. I'm with that. I have a fear of one of those two teams landing somebody and going, "Oh, that makes that makes them a little bit better." Obviously a Kyrie situation in Phoenix, that's a that could go one of two directions. That could be incredible. It could be a disaster. But it's certainly something that you have to watch moving forward. I don't think there's anything on the horizon like that for Golden State. But I think they have enough guys that they can work with where they can land a few pieces. I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure they're paying attention to OGN and Hobie and seeing how they can get involved into that conversation. He'd be perfect for them. Uh, I know we mentioned uh, uh, Keith Pompey uh, reported that Golden State was also monitoring the Matisse-Thibel situation. So there's a few guys who you wonder – if they land on one of those teams, oh, how much more difficult does that make the top six? Yeah, what you don't want to see is uh, an arms race happen and you're standing there like sitting on your hands. That's, mm-hmm. that's you know, the Kings are in a in a very valuable position right now. There are teams that are going to are, are going to be hunting them. They need to figure out ways to make this roster better. And that doesn't mean they need to go for broke and trade everything, but Again, if we're talking about like the potential for this to be a, a five-year run or eight-year run, you know, something that really changes this franchise for the better and, and like makes it like you have to consider just about everything. You have to consider what will it take to get Obi and Obi. How many first-round picks can you come up with? How do you how do you leverage what you have? Like, if it's the right player, the right like style, you think they'll fit seamlessly you do have to swing for the fences because if you go from the third seed to the eighth seed because you made a trade that upset the the apple cart this year but you still find a way to get into the playoffs but that team that player that you acquire makes you a legitimate title contender the next year or a, a two three in the western conference that isn't a questionable two three but a legitimate two three and with the potential to make it out of the western conference you have to do it like that's that's the way it goes like you have to think long term you have to think short term you, th- you have to think about culture and chemistry you have to think all of these things have like a, a value that you have to put on them um, but at the end of the day your your view has to be of not just this season of the next three five six seasons um, you know and if they're thinking that way which I, i'm sure that they are because that's the way like any good front office does um, like they're open to plenty of things that we're not seeing that we're, we haven't even thought of yet. Kings currently two back from Memphis, uh, two and a half up on Dallas, uh, and the Clippers three up on Minnesota. Who's in the sixth spot. And then three and a half 
uh, on both Phoenix and Utah. And then there's Golden State. And then, of course, the team that the Sacramento Kings will play on Sunday, the New Orleans Pelicans, who have currently lost 10 straight, the longest losing streak uh, in the NBA. Uh, San Antonio is second at seven straight games. The Pelicans do play before Sunday's game against Sacramento. They'll play Los Angeles tomorrow in another LeBron James showcase uh, on national television as he closes in on the all-time scoring record. Okay. All right, maybe I'm not as down on this game as I was earlier. But I need, I, I, I need something offensively from Davion, and I and 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 then I'm I'm expecting and and <laughs> I expected this last game, so you can expect all you want. I'm expecting the three ball to drop at a greater rate than it has the last couple, and I want that defensive activity. I, I, I want that to stay. I don't want that to fade in and out and wait for Mike Brown to have to say something at the podium or elsewhere. I want to see that continue. I think so too. Uh, that if they found something that they they didn't have before on the defensive end if they found something by tinkering um it could it could mean the difference in this team like where we we think of them the next 26 games 28 games whatever 32 games uh what are we we got 32 left Wow, 32 yeah we're at 50 yeah there's only three home games in the month of february yep so one, one's one. next Friday and one's next Saturday, and then I think the I think it's I think the last one is the last day of the month. It's yeah, it's, yeah. it's the Thunder on February twenty eighth. Yeah, unbelievable. Wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, we appreciate you so much for being with us. Make sure you check out the Kingsbeat.com. Become a premium subscriber over there. Uh, check out the Kingsbeat podcast if you're listening on ESPN thirteen twenty or the Odyssey app, and you want more Kings talk, you want more Trista Crick, you want more Kyle Matson, you want more James Ham. We've got that for you. Don't go anywhere. We're going to run it back next on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN thirteen twenty. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 